Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. I want to give you a quick testimony. My wife and I did youth ministry for 10 years, and we noticed a trend as our youth started growing up and getting married <clears throat> that a lot of them were battling infertility. A lot of people were struggling with infertility, and I find that to be more of an issue today than I remember it being when I was younger. Maybe it just wasn't talked about. <clears throat> Maybe we had too much McDonald's or something. I don't know, but... <clears throat> infertility was a big issue and last Mother's Day we were in um, the other building as Shema we were using some of you guys went there and we got up at the end of worship like this and I just felt the, the brokenness in the room of people who couldn't get pregnant they had been trying and trying and trying we had one family that had spent all the money doing all the treatments and they still couldn't conceive so they were going through a, an adoption process overseas and all this kind of mess and the Holy Spirit jumped on me in the middle of worship. I don't do this because I don't consider myself to be a prophet. And I stood up and I said, I prophesy this morning that if you're in this room and you're battling infertility, you'll be a mom by next Mother's Day. You'll either be expecting or you'll have a baby next Mother's Day. Well, the family that was waiting for the adoption brought their baby home six weeks ago. Today, as long as everything is on schedule, right there's no issues last night one of those families battling infertility will be in service today their little girl making their debut and yesterday if you guys saw on facebook we're from brianna valentine announced they're having a girl she was the the last one that was in the position last year of waiting to conceive we had another lady who's pregnant again kayla colada who she couldn't get pregnant now she's pregnant again why because god is true and he's faithful and so I want to give you hope this morning that if that's something you're battling, it's not bigger than God. And I believe there's an anointing on my wife and I to break it because it's already happened. Amen? So if that's something you want us to pray with you for, I'm all for it because I am a big deal that the Lord says, go out, be fruitful, and multiply. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to shut up and get out the way because the better preacher of the family is going to be preaching this morning. So if you would pray for her, she's pregnant and she's wearing heels, but she said it's not an option for short people not to preach in heels. So please welcome my, my lovely wife, Pastor Caitlin. Good morning. How is everybody today? Good. Well, I'm Caitlin, if I haven't met you yet. Like Chris said, we have three littles and one on the way. Um, we like to stay busy, keep our circus rolling. <laughs> why not? Right? Why not? But for the past few weeks, we've been talking about how the Lord is our helper, how he longs to help us, how he's always waiting to help us. We've talked about how he helps us in our anxieties and in our, when we're anxious, how he can help us in our seasons of loneliness, and how he can be there in our season of waiting. Thank you. And today I'm going to talk to you about how he can also be there for us when we're busy. Is anybody busy? Yeah, I'm busy. I like to stay busy. 
But busyness isn't always a good thing. Busyness can sometimes weigh us down. Busyness can sometimes keep us from the things we're actually supposed to be accomplishing. But a lot of times in our world today, we can use that as our excuse. Oh, I can't, I'm busy. Sometimes we like to use it to our advantage, right? If we don't want to go somewhere and we're, oh, we're so busy, I'm sorry, I wish we could be there, but we're busy. (laughs) And we use it like it's a good thing, but it's not always. But I'm going to open up with Psalm 55. We've been here for a couple of weeks. And it says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. I am overwhelmed by my troubles. We have a God who is always willing to help. Always. He's always there. He's always willing to help. And I think the words that were you know, sent out this morning prove that he is just waiting for us to ask for the help. We're the ones that just pretend like he's not there a lot, and he's like, I'm here to help. I'm just going to wait. Going to wait here until you ask for my help, right? And so here in this psalm, you know, we're crying out, help me, please listen, God. Help me because I've gotten to the point where I'm just overwhelmed, and I know I can't do it by myself. Well, a couple years ago, we moved into our house, our new house, and um, we use the side door of our house a lot. We hardly ever have the front door open. It stays locked. We just use the side door. Like I said, we have three kids, and one weekend, I think we were headed to multiple birthday parties because that happens when you have a lot of kids. You go to like six parties in one day. It's fine. Um, we were leaving the house, and, um, you know, we're like, you got to get the presents. You got to get, get the kids. You got to get the stuff for the kids. Do you have shoes on? You know, all the things. So we're getting out the house, and we get in the car, and we leave. And we go about our day. We were probably, we were gone like from the morning till the evening. We were gone all day. We get home that night and the door's wide open. The side door's wide open. And I'm like, oh, I think actually Chris was out of town because it was just me. Chris wasn't, none of these things happen when Chris is home. All the chaos (laughs) breaks out when I'm by myself. So we get home and I'm like, oh, no. This door has been open all day. So immediately I'm like creeping in my house. I'm not even afraid that like there's a human or, you know, a thief or robber. I'm like, what critter has made its way into my home? That's my thought. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk in. So we walk in and I'm like, who left the door open? And everybody's like, this one, this one, right? Like, wasn't me, wasn't me. Um, so we're looking and I looked straight at my sofa when I walked in our sofa, you would like face it. And there was a cat who had made its home in my house. He was just sitting on my sofa, black cat, just sitting. And I'm like, "Ah!" y'all, I hate cats. That's just something I hate them. I hate them. They're sneaky, they mean, they stink, and they pee on everything, and I hate them. So I don't even know this cat, okay? So I definitely don't like it. And I call Chris. He's not even in town. (laughs) I'm like, there's a cat in the house. He's like, babe, I can't do anything about the cat. Like, 
you just um what do you want me to do and I'm like I don't know so I'm like looking at my kids like which one of y'all want to catch this cat because it ain't gonna be me so my kids are freaking out because you know who knows when mom is afraid kids are afraid right except for Sam he was pretty little at the time so my girls are like, I'm not touching that cat. So immediately the cat, like, obviously gets scared and jets to my laundry room, which is like the furthest room away from the exit, okay? And it hid behind my dryer. So I'll call my mother-in-law. Thank you, Darnell. And she comes over, and she's like, well, where's the cat? I'm like, I don't know, went that way. And I'm not going back in the house. We were outside. She's like... Well, I mean, it's a cat, Caitlin. Like, it's fine. It's just a cat. Like, it's scared of you. I'm like, not doing it. I won't. So she comes in. She gets the cat out. So now, you know, we're safe, right? The cat's gone. I'm like, no. Nobody touch the sofa. Nobody touch anything because I don't know where this cat went. I don't know what it did, where it peed. I don't, I don't know. And everybody's, like, trying to sit. I'm like, get off of the sofa. So Chris gets home, and he's like, babe, why are the pillows in the trash can? I'm like, the cat sat on them. I threw them away. He said, well, you could have washed them. I said, no. This thing's, I mean, I was ready to set the house on fire. All because we left the door open, okay? So what turned out, you know, to be a pretty chaotic evening. We thought it was a pleasant day. We were going to go to parties. We came home. My house was destroyed. I was ready to set it set it on fire, and be done with it. Um, so in that moment, I called out, and I'm like, Darnell, I need help. I can't do it. And she came. And that's how the Lord is for us. We can be in complete chaos. We can, you know, we set ourselves up for that. We left the door open. We chose to do those things, and we ended in this complete chaos and complete destruction of the house, and I had a call for help, Right? And that's how we live our lives sometimes. We're so busy, we forget doors open. We don't even know where we're going. We don't know what we're going to come home to. And then we wonder why our, why our lives are like, what is going on? You know? In Psalm 55, in the Amplified Version, I like the way it says this. Listen to me and answer me. I am restless and distraught in my complaint. And I am distracted. Restless, distraught and distracted. Why is it that we let our, ourselves get to that place before we cry out for help? Why is it that we let ourselves get to a place where we're so broken and we're so lost and we're so caught up in life that then we ask for help? Like, oh, this, I might need a little help here. We wait until we're there. You see, but the enemy's goal is to what? Steal kill, destroy. His end goal is to destroy us. And we can get caught up in our own schedules, in our own busyness, in our own lives. And, and that's not, it's not that it's bad, but we can get caught up in it to where we, that's all we see. All we see is us. All we see is what we need, right? That we forget that we're leaving these doors open. And let me just tell you, when a door is open, I don't care if it's a crack, the enemy is sneaky. And he said, oh, I see that right there. They're not paying attention to that. 
think I'll go push that door open a little bit. Right? It's Mother's Day. We can talk about kids. Anybody not latch a door all the way? What does your kid do if you're in the bathroom? They said, oh, this isn't locked. She must want me in here. <laughs> right? The enemy says, oh, look, they left this open for me. I have every right to come in here. Because that's his place. His place is to sneak in and to find the cracks that we leave open and ultimately destroy it to where we feel hopeless and restless and distraught. And we get so distracted that we leave another door open. He's like, oh, I'll go into that one too. And then we wonder why our lives are a mess. How did we get this busy? I didn't plan to be this busy. How did, I didn't even know I was this busy. Anybody ever write your schedule down and you're like, wow, it's pretty impressive. We do that often. <laughs> often. I mean, we write our schedules down every week, but... A lot of times, I'll look at the week and I'm like, well, only God's going to do that because that is a lot. And you know, when your kids get older, they think they get to have their own schedules too. So then you just have your schedule and their schedule and it's just fun, right? It's fun. But if the devil can't get us to sin, you know, if he says, oh, they're a faithful person, they love the Lord. I mean, this is basically what he did with Job, right? He knew Job was an upstanding man, that he was a, a man of faith, that he loved the Lord. But he said, I'm going to find a way to get him to deny God. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to sneak in. I am going to find a way. Because he couldn't stand how faithful he is. And some of you in here are very faithful. You love the Lord. You love the Lord. You have given your heart to the Lord. But you're very busy. You've, you've allowed yourself to get very busy, and we've opened some doors. So today I want to talk about three doors that we can open when we become busy. Just three. I'm sure there's plenty more, but three of them. And the first one is the door of distraction. The door of distraction. You ever sat down to write a paper in college or just to get a task done that you needed the Internet for? And you open it up, and you're, you know, you're ready. You have your coffee. You're ready to go. You're committed. I'm going to finish this task. And then all these little ads keep popping up on your screen because you haven't put a good protection system on your computer. And you're like, oh, Sheen's got a sale. <laughs> and then you end up on this site shopping, and you're like, I haven't done my paper yet. You know? Or Facebook Messenger pops up in the corner. And then you end up on scrolling on Facebook for Lord knows how long. You've allowed yourself to be distracted because you didn't protect yourself against it. There's ways to protect yourself against those pop-ups, right? You just didn't take the time out or maybe the money out or plan better to get them to not pop up, right? There's ways to get those distractions out of the way, but we just allow them to be there. We've allowed that door to be open and we're like, I am just so committed, Lord. I am here. I'm going to honor you with this paper. Whoop, whoop, there's another one. Oh, that looks like a good sale. You know, and that's how our lives get sometimes. We can be, you know, I am going to commit to 
working out every day. I'm going to get my physical self better. I'm going to eat better, right? That's our commitment. That's our goal. I'm going to honor the Lord with my body. But what happens? Oh, well, this week, God, I can't meal prep because, you know, the kid woke up all night and I was tired. And, you know, this one had baseball practice and this one had gymnastics. This isn't y'all, right? This is just me. And so I have to cut out meals this you know, meal prep this time, I'm just going to have to stop at McDonald's because it's quicker and it's easier and it's just there. And then that happens again next week and again the next week. And then we don't feel like preparing the coffee in the morning, so we just stop at Starbucks the next morning. That's distractions that we've allowed to sneak in, right? The door of distraction is one that the enemy loves. Because if he can just get you looking anywhere but God, he's got you. Anywhere but God, he's got you. Because he knows that if he can just get you to look away, we'll just slowly drift. Slowly drift. Right? You ever been on a boat and you just cut the engine off and sit? You're not telling the boat to go anywhere. But you're surely going to end up somewhere. You're going to drift off somewhere, wherever that water takes you. That's where you're going. And you're not choosing it. And a lot of times when we, when we allow that door of distraction open, we're no longer choosing our schedule. We're no longer choosing our busyness. It's choosing us. And then we lose all control. And that's not a fruit of the Spirit. And then we lose all authority. And that's not of God either. And then we just become very passive. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. I think it's a Friends episode I was watching one time. And Monica was busy, like, trying to finish something. And, and people are coming up asking her for things, right? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. She's not really listening. She's like, yeah, mm -hmm, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, um, Chandler comes up and he's like, hey, can I, like, uh, go on a date with this woman? She's like, yeah, that's fine. She's not listening, right? We can do that with our kids. We can do that with our kids. Mom, can I have chocolate for breakfast? That's, that's fine. That's fine. Just leave me alone. It's fine. Because we're so distracted that we will say yes to things that we really don't want. We will say yes to things that really don't honor the Lord. And then when we have our moment, right, because we all get to a place where we're like, hold up. There's a lot going on here. We're like, oh, how did all this, how did all this make its way into my life? The second one is the door of despair. And, you know, despair means to have zero hope, right? You feel very empty. You feel very lost. There's no joy in despair. There's no enjoyment in despair. There's no passion. There's no longing. You're just very disengaged. You ever been disengaged from something that used to bring you joy? You ever loved a job, but you've taken on too many tasks at that job, and now all it does is stress you out? That's despair. That's, that's a feeling of hopelessness that I'm just stuck here because I've just put myself here, and this just is what it is now. 
And that's a lie from the enemy. That's a door we opened that we've allowed distraction in. And, and it led to another door because we got so caught up. And now we're, now we're very disengaged in everything we do, including the things of the Lord. We can go to church and just be there and just sit. And somebody can say, well, what did the, you know, what did the pastor talk about today? You know, I don't really know. I just showed up because that's just what I do. No, the Lord wants us to enjoy the things that we do. He wants there to be joy in everything that we do. And then let me just tell you, if you lose your passion, you lose your purpose. Because if I don't know why I'm doing something, why would I long to do it? Why am I going to put it back in my busy schedule? If I'm already busy, and I'm no longer enjoying something, what am I going to do? I'm just going to push it out. It's going to be the first thing to go because we're selfish people. We're selfish people, and we'll allow things to steal our joy, to steal our excitement, and then we'll tell people about Jesus at the ballpark, and they're looking at our lives like, she don't look very happy. I mean, I guess I'll just stay here. I'm good. I've had a girl tell me this before, that um, she felt more excitement and more joy with the women and the moms at the ballpark than she did when she came to things at church. Because she was looking at people and they didn't look as excited about the things they were doing. And that made me sad. You ever seen a mom at a ballpark? They are like passionate people. Let me just tell y'all. They will oh, they will pull that kid to the side, give them the best pep talk you ever heard. And they're seven. This ain't the major leagues. And they are cheering their kids on. They love it. They love it. When people come here, can they tell that you love it? When they come to life group, does it look like you love being there? Or are you thinking about all the other things that you have to get done that evening? And that we can't be here because I'm already in tomorrow and tomorrow's crazy. Because I've put too much in my schedule that I've eventually scheduled the Lord out. He's scheduled out. Sorry, got him booked. I'll catch you in two weeks. What's going to happen in those two weeks without Jesus? We're going to push people away. We're going to be short-tempered. We're going to be impatient. We'll probably yell at our children and our husband or our wife. We're not who we're supposed to be without the Lord in our schedules. He's got to be there. It's vital. The third door is the door of destruction. When I picture these doors, I don't picture them separately like doors in here. I kind of picture like you walk into one room and there, you know, you've walked into distraction and then you're like, oh, there's another door in here. And then it leads to despair. So that's how the enemy is. He just goes piece by piece, level by level. He's like, oh, well, I got them here. They're no longer even excited about what they do. Let me just see what happens. Now we're in the door of destruction. And you see this door is wide open because now the enemy... It, He's in his playing field. 
He has all the ground that he needed. And just like I destroyed my house after that cat came in, that's what the enemy's doing. He's like, well, she let me in here, so let me just throw this away. Oh, you don't, you don't need life group. You can throw that out. You don't need people. People make you busier than you have to be. They always need something from you. You don't need people. You can throw them out too. You're fine on your own. You're fine on your own. You don't need to wake up and pray. You can pray in your car, which you can't. I'm not saying you can't. You don't need to set aside time for that. You're too busy. These are the lies that the enemy will feed you when, when you're in that room and you've opened that door. And eventually, you will look at your life and you will see that things that you used to love and things that, that used to matter to you, things that maybe even the Lord has placed in your life or allowed you to be a part of, we're destroying that. We're allowing the enemy to destroy that. And he's using us. He's using our schedules to do it. And he's saying, huh, that failed. Now what do we, I'm a failure. Now I'm a failure because I started this and it didn't work. So I'm never going to try to have a life group again because it didn't work. Or did we just not give it the time that it needed? Were we not devoted to that? Were we distracted? Did we show up flustered or, you know, talking about how we had a bad day or anything? That it, did people, we don't, we don't want to go to that life group. All that lady does is complain. Right? Let me tell you, you leave a crack and the enemy will push it wide open. Wide open. And if we would just take the time and come to the Lord, set aside that time and say, God, I have a busy schedule. I am busy. And we lay it at his feet. And we take the time to be refreshed. And we take, you know, everybody's about self-care these days. That is the best self-care that one could ever give. Is to sit in a quiet place and just say, God, I really, really need you to help me. I need you to refresh me. Because if I don't get refreshed today, all I'm pouring out is emptiness. All I'm pouring out is frustration. All I'm pouring out is dirty water left over from Lord knows when, the last time I spent with you. We have to let him in. And so it's time we start shutting some doors. That's the beauty of a door. What's open can be shut. Right? Y'all should see me now when we leave the house. Before we leave the driveway. The door shut. And, well, and they're no scared. They're like, we don't know. I'm like, go check. Somebody go check now. Because they doubt themselves, like, well, I think I shut the door. You know. I ain't letting that happen again. It's not happening. It's time we start shutting some doors, amen? Some of us have so many doors open, we've lost count. We're so distracted, and we've allowed ourselves to get so chaotic and so caught up in our own selves. We don't even know what doors are open. But we can shut one at a time. One at a time. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. 
That's pretty simple. Commit your actions to the Lord. You see, I think a lot of times we can get so busy that we think that the Lord don't understand it, which is funny, but I think we can get there. Because we tell people, right, like, you don't understand how busy I am. As if they're not busy too. (laughs) We diminish their busyness because ours is more busy. And I think we can do that to God where we, you know, God, uh, you just don't understand. I have all these kids. Well, he gave them to you first off. And I have all these things to do and I have to make money and I have to have a job and I have to be a good wife and I have to do all these things. And he said, yeah, but you haven't told me about them yet. You haven't put them at my feet because I got plans. He's got plans. And his plans are always for good. And they always succeed. And they never get chaotic. Ever. And he said, all you have to do is give them to me. And you know what happens when we give the Lord our plans? Some, at first it might hurt, because sometimes they'll say, oh, you really don't need that. And that can be pushed back. And this, definitely don't need that. But we want it. And then we say, I'll take them back, God. I don't want to commit them to you. But we serve a God who's willing to help. And when we come to him with our plans and with our duties and with our, our busyness and our schedules and we submit them, see, not only do they succeed, but when they're in the Lord, they're fulfilling. You know what I find funny is Chris and I aren't any less busy, but s- since we started mapping out our weeks, which we've done for a while now, and we sit down and we talk about them, and they're written down week by week. Now we have something to pray for when, when we're praying in the morning. We know specifically what's going to happen that week. We're not any less busy, but it's not as stressful. We don't have anything less to do. We don't have any less kids to take care of, but it's not a, it doesn't drain us. It's fulfilling. It's refreshing. It honors God when we submit those things. Because, you know, just as Chris said last week, he was talking about um, the provider and not the provision. And he said if we keep our eyes focused on the, on the provision and what we're wanting and what we're waiting for, we're going to lose focus of the person who can give it to us. So if we're looking for peace and we're looking for refreshing and we're looking for joy in our schedules and in our lives, and we're not giving it to the one who can provide all those things, we're going to lose it. We're going to end up distracted and restless and distraught. And then we'll find ourselves so hopeless, so beat down. We'll do one of two things. We'll run to the world to comfort us. We'll go back to the things that we thought were good for us and that felt good in the moment for a short time, or we'll come to the Lord and we'll cry out, help, God, I'm so restless. I am so overwhelmed. I need help. And you know what? He's there. He's there. Because on the other side of that door, there he was the whole time. We just had to shut this one, turn around, and there's the door the Lord was knocking on. He's right there all the time ready. All the time. 
So what happens when we shut doors? I'll give you three more things this morning. When we shut doors, what we do is we trade our distraction for focus and clarity. That's because the Lord will never leave you empty. Listen to me. When we close a door and we get rid of something, the Lord is not going to leave you empty. He is not going to leave a place empty. He always fills it. Always. Focus and clarity. In Psalms, it says that he is a light for my feet to my path. A light unto my path. If you don't know which way to turn and you're so overwhelmed, I encourage you to go to the light so that you can see where you're going. If you're so busy and you're so caught up, just say, God, please turn the light on because I don't know which way to go. I don't even know how to begin to write my schedule down. Please turn the light on, God. The second one is we can trade despair for hope and joy. You see, because our boat that was just sitting, what did we forget to do? If you don't want a boat to move, what do you have to do? Put an anchor in the, gr- in the water. And the word says that hope is the anchor for our souls. That's what keeps us close to Christ. That's what keeps us fulfilled. That's what keeps us engaged. So when we close that door to despair and we close that door from disengagement and we put our anchor in the Lord, and we say, God, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm going to seek you every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you with my plans. I'm going to come to you with my busyness, and I'm going to trade it for whatever this anchor allows me to do. See, because an anchor is tied to a rope, and you have a pretty good radius depending on how much you, you give yourself on how much you can drift, right? And the word says that when we're faithful with little, we'll be trusted with much. And so at first, we may be on a tightrope, right? And the Lord's like, all right, you can handle this. You can handle this. Okay, Lord, well, uh, what if I want to do this? And can I add this to my schedule? And we seek the Lord about this. Do you think I can handle this, God? Okay, I'm going to give you a little slack because your anchor's still, you're still tied to me. But sometimes I think we're so caught up that we just say, give me this anchor. I need to go over here. Lord, I need to be way over here, and you're only letting me come right here. I need to be over there. You see, but a lot of times I grew up fishing, and I have an uncle who, He's lived on the water most of my life. Sometimes he would think that we were going to this nice beach and be like, oh, I see a little bank over there. Let's go dock over there. Let's go anchor over there. I think I see a sandbar. And we get there, and it's like funky. The water's funky, and we're like, we don't want to be here. This is a nasty beach. Or you get in the water, and there's like all kind of rocks, right? And you can't even walk, and everybody's, you know. We can think we want to be over there. But if we pull our anchor and we take control, the Lord's like, I told you to stay right here. That's not ready yet. 
that's got to move. There's stuff that needs to be done over there. It's not ready. And we try to get way ahead of the Lord. We need to stay anchored in him. Trade that. Trade that, that despair for joy and hope. And watch how refreshing your lives are. Watch how much more you honor the Lord. And the third thing is we can trade destruction for fullness and rest. Because in Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me all who are weary and carry heavy, start over. carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And I've preached on this scripture before a few times, actually. Um, But in the message version, which I don't often read, it says it like this towards the end. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. How opposite is that from the first verse we read? when they were distraught and restless and distracted, freely and lightly. I don't know about you, but I'd rather live freely and lightly and in joy of the Lord than running around like a crazy person that always looks chaotic and frustrated, that doesn't have a minute for the Lord. And he says, if you would just give me this, oh, I have so much more I can give you. But what I give you isn't heavy. What I give you isn't overwhelming. What I give you is little by little. Because he trades. Everything that we give him comes back better. And if you haven't tried it, just try it out. Just give him one thing. Give him one thing. One thing on your schedule. Watch how much better he makes it. You see, I think some of us have been busy for so long that we've become like an autopilot. And the Lord's knocking loud and loud and loud and louder. We don't even hear him. As a mom, I can shut my kids off sometimes, especially in the car. Chris will be like, oh, my God, they're so loud. I'm like, what? I don't even hear it. (laughs) And he's, like, trying to have a conversation with me, and I'm talking to him, and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I can't even focus. But moms can do that. We just got this switch. We're like, we don't care what's going back on back. Don't kill each other, but we're good. Right? Shut it off a little bit. And I think we've shut off the Lord. And, we, and we're just living and going and running and gunning, making money, taking care of kids, you know, whatever we fill our lives with. And we've become an autopilot, and we don't even realize that the enemy has pushed open these doors. Now they're all wide open, and what we thought was a crack is now wide open. And, and we're just like a puppet. And he's like, oh, she's going to be busy today at work. Let me make sure that somebody goes in there and aggravates her so she can blow up at work and make a fool of herself. And then she'll try to invite somebody to church next week, and they're going to laugh. 
That's what he does. That's what he does. It's time we start closing some doors and resting in Jesus. We sang a song earlier, come and consume all that we are. All that we are. And a lot of times I think we can think that's just our heart and our love for Jesus. No, all that we are, come and consume it. When you're consumed by something, you can't focus on anything but that. When you get in a new relationship and you're consumed by that person, we, everything you do, well, what time am I going to meet them? Oh, I've got to finish this because I've got to go meet them. What if we became so consumed with the Father, so consumed with his plans? You see, because his plans are good. He didn't forget that you're busy. He's just wanting you to give him you're busy. Because he says, oh, son, daughter, I have such good plans for that. Let me show you. Let me write it out for you. They're good. They're for your future. You want to get over there? Let me show you how to get there. Let me show you how to get there. His plans have hope. They always succeed. So I just want to encourage you today to commit your plans to the Lord. Anybody tired of their, their schedules being heavy? Can you come play for me? Or you? <laughs> Somebody. You see, I think if we really sat down and we reflected about our schedules and our busyness and how overwhelmed we are, and if we just said one phrase, open my eyes, Lord. Turn on the light. You see, because the enemy, his doors, his rooms, they're dark. He has no light. They're all dark. So now we've opened this door and we're here. And all we see is darkness. We don't even know where to go because we can't see it. And we forgot to cry out for help. We forgot, we forgot that we have this source that's always there where we can say, Lord, help me. Turn on the light so that I can get out of this room. But we must be willing to call out. We must be willing to call for help. I know you're busy. And I feel like that's what the Lord's saying today. I know you're busy. I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're feeling restless. I see you. Just call for help. So if you're in here this morning and you're sitting here like, she don't know the half of it. She thinks she's busy. I'm busy. 
and you need a call out for help, and it's been a minute since you've spent some time with Jesus, since you've called for him to help you, since you've asked him to turn on the light. I just, I want to pray for you this morning. If you want to come up, there's a prayer team that can come up.